and welcome back to Parlay, a podcast for living and learning to bet on yourself. I'm your host, Kelly McGuire. This season, I've had the opportunity to sit down, mostly virtually, with incredible individuals. We've enjoyed candid conversations about learning from past experiences, determining which chances were worth taking, the highs, the lows, and finding your inner compass. Media can be a tricky business and takes tenacity, resilience, and a lot of putting yourself out there into the world. Judgments can be harsh and success can be fleeting. Staying true to yourself and developing your own path in any endeavor, especially media, can be a challenge. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by my friend, Jenny Steele, media maven. (laughs) (laughs) Jenny has been in the spotlight in some capacity from the time she was young poised, professional, and someone who I've always admired for her kindness and authenticity. Jenny is a TV host, voice artist, and producer, just a few of her many accomplished titles. Jenny is full of wisdom and always provides such a great perspective. I truly feel that she has so many great lessons to impart with respect to the parlay concept of betting on yourself. Welcome, Jenny. Oh my gosh. Well, shucks, Kelly. (laughs) You've got me blushing. Thank you so much. And I just have to say a huge congrats to you for this podcast. We've been talking about it for a while and I'm just so happy it's come to light and I'm so happy to be a guest today. Oh, well, thank you, Jenny. You definitely have been a big part of, uh, helping me get here. Our, our COVID walks where (laughs) you've imparted your media wisdom, given me some pointers, asked me some great questions and just been super encouraging. So I really appreciate it. Well, I'm pumped. This is my first podcast too. So I I'm, I'm so excited to be here and to be with you. Awesome. Well, let's get to it. So speaking of COVID walks, how are you doing right now in the midst of these this crazy times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I have to say, uh, right now we are feeling good. We're good. feeling hopeful. It's spring. Yes. Uh, summer's just around the corner. And mm-hmm. I think for us, the biggest thing through this whole pandemic is the kids have been champs. Yeah. They have honestly rallied. They, I say every day they had a summer and a childhood like I had. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that would have happened without the pandemic. You know, I grew up where you're outside running around till yeah. from dusk till dawn. And it's just, that's the summer they had. No activities, no schedules. And they had the best summer of their life. And because of that, I think we did too. Mm-hmm. And I see the end is near. My parents are getting their vaccine this week. Oh, Thank fantastic. Goodness. That's yeah. a huge relief. And so, you know, it's, look outside. It's a, it's a good, it's a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. We've got lots to look forward to. And I just feel like the end is near. So I think right now, positive. Good. That's how we feel. Positive and hopeful. Good. I like it. I like <laughs> yes. it. That's a good, that's a good attitude, especially on hump day Wednesday, which sometimes can be challenging. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh. Well, one of the many reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I really admire how you have continued to grow and develop your career in media. You're a producer, director, a host, voice artist, what else can I throw in there? You've pretty much done it. So, um, but interestingly enough, in university, you studied biology, I believe. So connect, right. those, connect those dots for me. <laughs> oh my God. So I am a huge science geek at heart. Still am. Like oh, I really grew up wearing me a lab too. coat. You too? Yeah. Partners in crime. Yeah. But no, lab coat, safety goggles, you know, Bunsen burners, pipettes. That was mm-hmm. my life. And to be honest, I still am a total science geek at heart. I love it. But I'll admit, you know, once I finished my aftergrad, I felt burnt out mm-hmm. and I felt completely lost. So I took a year off and did some traveling with a girlfriend of mine. Mm-hmm. And 
in that year, I got asked to dance in a music video. So I guess the backstory is I used to be a dancer my entire life. Yes. And so that was a huge opportunity for me. And from that video, the owners of the production company called me and asked me to come in and audition to host a show. Mm. Well, I bombed <laughs> honestly <laughs> with no TV background. You can imagine how that went. Yeah. And I think people assume, well, you're a dancer, a performer. It's yeah. going to go great. No, not at all. It yeah. was horrible. But they saw potential in me and they hired me as a production assistant. So mm. I paid my dues for yeah. a very, very long time. But, you know, I, my type A personality, I tried to excel at every project they gave me. Mm-hmm. And I did well and they saw that I was a hard worker. And so before long, I was producing, like you said, directing, hosting, yeah. voicing. It just kind of all came to fruition, but it was hard work. I started yeah. literally from the bottom and worked my way up. Wow. So, it's yeah. so funny. I can't, I, like knowing you now and seeing a number of the projects that you worked on, I'm like, I can't imagine that ever happening. I can't imagine <laughs> you ever bombing. <laughs> oh my God. It's funny because I looked back at the audition and it was just like, it's just like watching a robot. There was just no... It's, it's weird. As soon as that camera turns on, mm-hmm. if you're not used to it, you kind of just freeze mm-hmm. and you become this like, like out of body experience. And so it takes a lot of practice and I tell you, it's been a journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a journey. So but. speaking of dance, um, tell us a little bit more about that. I know that you danced, you know, kind of growing up and obviously was the, the was the doorway into where you are now, which I, I actually didn't even realize that's how you got started in, in media. So that's a very fun story. How did dancing kind of impact you? And you were talking about, you know, how you're a super hard worker, perfectionist. Are those some of the characteristics that you feel you took from dance and how, and they've served you throughout your life? Oh my God, a hundred percent. I literally owe so much of my life to dance. Mm -hmm. It still is a part of me every single day. I do miss it every day. I Mm -hmm. actually have to say as well, but you know, I feel like, um, just like in TV and dance, you have to have a thick skin, Mm -hmm. you know, the criticism that can come with dance, the discipline, the etiquette, you know, I can still picture myself in ballet class, getting into so much crap with my classmates, (laughs) you know, giggling and whatnot. And you know, that moment where the teacher's looking at you and you know, if I laugh right now, I'm in so much trouble, but you just burst into (laughs) even more laughter. And it's just, it taught me, you know, it's, you got to respect your elders, respect your peers. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, discipline yes. is one of the big things I took away from dance. Uh, perseverance is another, mm-hmm. you know, how many auditions do you do competitions that you go to and they don't go how you planned and you just have to keep on going. And mm-hmm. that is something that, you know, anyone in life today, that's a skill that I think I was taught at a very young age because mm-hmm. of dance. Um, camaraderie is yes. another one, yep. you know, in dance, you're part of a team and, you know, if you don't show up, you let that entire group down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's being accountable for your own actions. And Mm -hmm. that, you know, since I was five, you know, you're part of a little dance troupe and you're like, where were you today? You didn't miss, you missed the rehearsal. Now the whole team is set back. And that's camaraderie, especially too in media. I, media can be a very competitive industry. A hundred percent. And I think camaraderie, especially I feel like nowadays it's gotten a lot more, people are so much more willing to help each other out, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that is, again, something that I took from dance. Um, I also taught dance for years. Okay. And patience. Oh, yes. That, that taught me, you know, I taught dance from all the way from age three years to 18 years. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you that patience came in pretty handy with homeschooling during COVID. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. It's every know, day I would wake <laughs> up and be like, okay, today, Kelly... <laughs> 
you're going to be more patient than yesterday. And some days I succeeded and some days I did not. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's it's just, it's patience. And I think one of the biggest things I took away um, was responsibility at, mm. at summer of grade four. Uh, I got into the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. Mm. And I look at my 10-year-old today who's yeah. in grade four and I'm like, what? Yeah, how did no, I do that? How yeah. did I do it? But yeah. my mom taught me before I left how to you know, make my, do my own buns, wash my own dance clothes because they didn't have washing machines. We all, we lived in res yeah. and, you know, I had a roommate. I flew out there on my own and I look back and I'm like that summer of grade four, I grew up quick. Wow. And I look back and that was some of, those are some of the best days of my yeah. life. And I am so fortunate and grateful for it, but yeah, responsibility, camaraderie, discipline, perseverance, uh, dance taught me, I'd say most of the lessons I still use today. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. It was funny. My husband and I were having a, you know, a conversation, um, about our daughter the other night and just talking about like the importance of being part of something. And it's also quite interesting too. I grew up, uh, competitively skating and then transitioned right. more into team sports. And there's such, um, you know, there's lessons to be learned from both. And dance is such an interesting, you know, activity and sport because, it is individual, but usually you're also part of a team. So not only are you setting your own standards, but you also have standards um, to meet other people at as well. So, you know, she's our daughter's, uh, she's eight right now, you know, similar age to your boys. And it is interesting yeah. to think like, I also feel like I learned so many of the lessons and um, developed the characteristics that you were just talking about. And I think sometimes nowadays with our kids, they're, they live a very different life, I think, than we did growing up. And how do you kind of allow them to have these experiences while also, I don't know, doing the things that their peers are doing and trying to get them a variety of, of uh, activities. And sometimes it's just a challenge. I'm like, is it just back? Is it just better to go back to like more of an old school way? And you're like, here's your one activity and here's your thing. And you know, it's, it's hard to balance sometimes. I was saying the exact same thing this morning because I just feel like as parents, I, I know I, I'm guilty of being a little bit of a helicopter parent. You know, I'm always monitoring everything. And like, I, like I asked my mom, like, how did you send me to the world when it's yeah. like summer grade four? Yeah. It's like, because you wanted to go. Yeah. And I'm just, I do worry sometimes that, yeah, I, I don't know if our generation of kids have the same exposure to mm -hmm. failure, to yes. experiences that we had, like it, the failure thing. I mean, I just every sport these days, it's like, you all get a medal. I'm yeah. Like, well, no, you all win. Yeah, yeah. You all win. I'm like, well, no, that's not teaching them anything. They have to learn how to fail young because that's what makes you stronger. Gives you that thicker skin to succeed later in life. A hundred percent. I'm right there with you. Okay, good. Well, it's always yeah. good to know you're not alone. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> together. Yeah. So what is going on in the media world right now? Like obviously the pandemic has, change things, or at least it did for a while. I know there are lots of production was shut down and, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, on the other side of the coin, everyone was probably more glued to different types of media than ever before, because that was kind of the outlet. So what do you have going on right now? And is there anything exciting you have coming up that you can share or what's it, what's exciting in your world, in your, in your yeah. career? So I'll, I'll go back to what you were first asking. Mm -hmm. Like, so media, I, yeah, during the pandemic did a 180. Yeah. Obviously shoots got shut down, um, shows got shut down and we had to figure out this new normal. So 
I got a call to host my very first um, virtual event. Mm-hmm. And of course, my instant reaction was, what? Yeah. Panic mode. <laughs> you know, I've never done this before. But it's unbelievable how quickly the media world has just, it's just completely transformed. And so virtual events are now the new normal. Yes. I've, you know, even Bridal Expo. I just did Bridal yes. Expo virtually. It was a huge success. Mm-hmm. It went amazing. Um, tons of online webinars. Um, shoots are just starting to pick back up. You know, mm-hmm. they found, you know, with, with COVID protocols, we're able to get around everything now. And so to be honest, I'm busier than ever. Yeah. It's super exciting. <laughs> I just, uh, I was on Heartland this past year, yes, which was, I my, yeah, which was my very first TV series acting role. Um, I recorded an episode of Jan just this past week. Amazing. She is absolutely I love her. lovely. I love her too. I mean, we all grew up listening to her music. And yes. And she's so funny. She is so, Kelly, she's even funnier in person. Oh. I just, I absolutely adore her. Tons of uh, shoots coming up. We're doing a big sh- uh, commercial shoot with Lake Louise here, the family scene. Oh, awesome. Which will be great. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's just so many coming up right now that it's, it's a, my, my little guy and I were shooting a commercial mm-hmm. for the States here. I can't give the details of that yeah. quite yet, but there's... It's been a very crazy year and super exciting and lots to look forward to. And I, I just think what this pandemic has taught me is to be grateful for it. I feel yeah. so grateful to be this busy and I don't take one day for granted because as we all know, at the drop of a hat, our world can change. So mm-hmm. it's been a very exciting, but uh, humbling, humbling year for me. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, obviously dramatic change, Parlay is all about learning to bet on yourself and media can be a very cutthroat industry. Mm -hmm. So I would hands down describe you as kind, professional, and with the utmost integrity and, (laughs) you know, both in and outside of the industry. And, you know, how did you begin to build a name for yourself? Like, obviously you said you started literally at the bottom and I know that hard work, responsibility, all of those things, but without the actual like practice background, like how did, how did you kind of say, okay, like pick me, I'm into this, like I want (laughs) to keep going. So how did you, how did you build that at the start of your career, especially when, you know, it's not like you had an in or this or that or knew anyone. And can you talk a little bit about how it, you know, how you built your confidence and figured out your strengths in that area, considering it was a completely foreign <laughs> territory for you. Yeah. No buns and burners and pipettes. Yeah. And yeah. Media, that's for sure. So, <laughs> yeah. No, side by it, side. It was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, like I said before, it was all about paying my dues. Mm-hmm. Um, as a production assistant, you're literally Kelly getting coffee and like driving people to set. You are, you're doing the grunt work. And I was like, but if I'm going to do this grunt work, I'm going to do it well. Mm -hmm. And so I just, with my type A personality, you know, they slowly started giving me bigger projects, bigger writing assignments. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've got to prove myself. And Mm so I did. And I worked hard. You know, I'd be up till two or three in the morning working on a script for the tiniest script. But for me, it was like, I knew I'm like, I have to prove myself. I don't have the background. I don't have the education Mm -hmm. for this field. And so they started giving me bigger and better projects. And then I have to say, I also had a lot of great mentors that I worked with, you know, at the time, Sue Lingo was the host of Inside Entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I, she was just like, I like, Oh, (laughs) I looked up to her in every way. And she was so kind to me. And she mentored me, I picked her brain, you know, I'm like, okay, how do you, how do you do an interview? How do you, come off natural on camera. And she was so great, gracious with me. And I have to say though, a hard thing for me was when you're starting out in TV is you kind of want to just be that person because they're so good at what they do. And 
that was a fault. I looked back at my early camera days and I was trying to be like Sue Ling. I was mm-hmm. trying to be like the other reporters that didn't come off as authentic. Yeah. And so until I started becoming more confident in who I was and who I wanted to be on camera, that's when things took off for me because mm-hmm. you realize people want to watch you because they want to hang out with you, yeah. not mm-hmm. who you think you want to be. So it took a lot of time, you know, on camera, figuring out how to do a good interview, how to get confident in front of a camera, how to know it's okay to make a mistake, just own it. Yes. And the key is just own it. As soon as you own it and have that confidence and everyone will buy it and yes. believe in you. And yeah, so lots of years of paying my dues. And before you knew it, things were less cringeworthy. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can relate to that. This is the whole podcasting world is very new to me. And even a few episodes in, I feel like I've really learned a lot of lessons, but I don't want to forget about, you know, as we were, we were just talking about before we started recording the first episode is I I, I was thinking, Oh my goodness, like maybe I should just re-record this. And it was just about me. I was just focusing on what I was finding that I didn't like. Right. But there were so many parts of the episode that were fantastic. And the reality is, is when you start something, you're never at your peak, right? Like you you have to build to get there. So it is what it is. That's real life. And, you know, you've got to put the time in and the work. You do. And you have to, and it's, it's important to look back on those first projects because Mm -hmm. if I hadn't, you know, taken a look back at the, that first uh, spot that I produced, you'd never learn from it. And you listen to your first podcast, you're like, okay, this is where I can, you know, I can excel, I can get better at it. So it's mm-hmm. you've gotta learn from those mistakes and just, yeah, keep moving. A hundred percent. So obviously you're very busy right now. Uh, lots of, lots of things coming your way. I know obviously you're a super dedicated mom and wife and, and you've got a lot going on in your personal life too. So how do you assess which projects you become involved in? Um, and do you have any specific criteria that helps you decide on what work is right for you? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think for me in the beginning, I think a lot of my girlfriends who and friends who know me know that I'm a bit of a people pleaser, which can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing I've learned, especially in the past two years and with the pandemic is it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. And I'm a better person for saying no and taking more time to focus on the projects that are special to me. So I think, you know, what I've learned this past year is family comes first. Well, mm-hmm. I've always known that, but more yeah. important than ever, family mm-hmm. comes first. If I'm going to take time away from them, it has to be something I believe in, something mm-hmm. I'm passionate about. Maybe it's something that gives back to the community. It has to be something that I think is worth my time if I'm going to be taking those hours away. So mm-hmm. I think it's just important for me to just be, I'm a lot more selective now. And yeah. that's one of the things I feel very grateful for that I'm self-employed mm-hmm. and a contract worker, that I have that opportunity to pick and choose what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the TV days when I was working at a production company, you're just assigned what you're assigned and you do it yeah. and you do a damn good job. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, I can be pickier. Mm-hmm. And so I have been. And so, yeah, it's a lot of the projects are, they're different and I've gotten back into producing and directing this year. But again, I'm working with a partner who I admire, who we met years ago in TV and mm-hmm. We're having a great time and being picky about the projects and making sure there's stories that we want to tell that will yeah. make an impact that will hopefully um, give people different perspectives on different stories. Awesome. And it's only actually been fairly recently that you joined social media. The gram. So, ah, the yes. gram. She's on the gram, people. We'll let you know where you can find her. Um, and I always thought that was so interesting. Um 
because it's just been what, like within a year ish, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, it's been just over a year. And it's so funny because especially somebody who works in media as a self-employed media person, you would think that you would be everywhere, right? Like everybody wants to wants everybody to see, think of them and see them and, you know, be brought to mind a lot, but you definitely are not like that. And what you put out there is, is you, it's Jenny. So what, why did you wait? And how have you found the experience thus far being on the gram? (laughs) (laughs) So to be honest, I've all, I was, I've been on Twitter for years. I, Twitter was one of those um, platforms that I just felt it's where I got my news. It was where I Mm -hmm. do a few posts. Um, It was great, but I was really Facebook, Instagram. I was just like, it was a hard no for years. And I think a lot of it is because of exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. I think because I was in media and my face um, and my words were already out there, mm-hmm. I felt like I was, that was enough for me. I didn't need to have another outlet where people had that much more exposure to my personal life. But it was a really good friend of mine. His name's Mike. Mm-hmm. He was like, Jenny, come on. <laughs> it's time. Like yeah. get out of the dark ages here. You work in TV, but he gave me he gave me a different way to look at it. He's like, you don't have to make it all about your personal life. Mm-hmm. Let's look at it more of like an online resume. Totally. Let's get your work out there. And so he kind of became kind of like my PR coach. And awesome. I've looked I look at my social media platform now as a way to put my work out there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if there's you know a few personal events like birthdays, anniversaries, or a big trip, I, yeah. I'll post about those. But for the most part, it's about my work. And I think that takes a lot of the anxiety about content away because let's be real. Social media can really take away from enjoying your day-to-day moments and life. Yeah. It can be quite a distraction. Big time. You know, it's Mm -hmm. all about getting the perfect selfie or making the trip look amazing. How about you just enjoy the trip? Yeah. And so this is, that was a huge stress relief for me. It's like, okay, I'll go on Instagram, but I'm not going to make it about my personal day-to-day life. It'll Mm -hmm. be about my work and celebrating my work. And I have to say, Kelly, since I've joined, I've met some incredible people, Mm -hmm. made some amazing connections, and it's opened a lot of doors that I would have never um, experienced. But let's talk about, let's talk in five years. It's been one year. (laughs) Right now I'm loving it, but you know, I have, I have a lot of friends that they're, they're burnt out with social media. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. We'll chat. Yeah. It's a bit of a, it's it's a bit of a double-edged sword, right? Like there is, it it can open so many doors, introduce you to people, concepts, um, events, but it it can also be quite consuming if you're not careful. And it's funny. I feel like even as a grown woman that I know that what I see out there takes time, effort, professionals for photo shoots, you know, a hundred selfies to get one. It's still funny how it can have an impact on you when it can create like quite a comparison game sometimes if you're not careful. Completely. And what I've actually actually had to do as well is I I've limited who I follow on Instagram. I don't mm-hmm. follow any celebrities. Yeah. I literally just follow my friends yeah. and colleagues in the industry because otherwise I just, I know it would just consume my day and I'd be mm-hmm. scrolling for hours. And this way it's like, okay, what's important? Who do I need? Who, who do I want to yes. follow and who is going to you know, after I look at their posts, be like, oh, I miss them. Or I wish yeah. I could talk to them as opposed to being like, oh my God, yeah. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. But she, like, I just, I just yeah. don't need that. Right who are, now, who are you know? giving your time to, right? Like it's finite. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, we only exactly. have so much time and who are we giving it to? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So intu- intuition plays such a big role when learning to invest in yourself. Is that something that you've always been in tune with or that you've built up and learned to trust over the years? Yeah, you know, um, I think since I since I was a kid, I always had 
really good intuition and instincts on who to trust or, you know, bad situations, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. But it's just been recently that I've really, really been able to trust that intuition and invest in myself. Like I mentioned before, it's, it was hard for me to say no. Mm -hmm. And I think now more than ever, it's just, I'm just realizing how important each day is and how important each opportunity is. And listening to that gut and being like, is this project for me? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is it going to, am I going to look back and say, I'm so glad I did that. Or am I going to look back and say, I just wish I had said no and spent that time with the family. So mm-hmm. again, I think COVID, I have to give it up to COVID Yeah, <laughs> if that's even a thing, but I do for making me just take that time to just reflect and listen to that intuition even more mm-hmm. because you just, we can take a lot of stuff for granted. And this past year has told me, you know, taught me not to take one day for granted and go with that gut more so now than ever Mm -hmm. before. And we talked a little bit about this before, but you know, parlay, one of the main focuses of parlay is to highlight that there's no such thing as overnight success. So success only comes with hard work time and ultimately a few failures along the way. So Mm -hmm. you touched about it a bit before, you know, we were talking about looking back at your first reel and could you elaborate a little bit more on how important failure is to you? And then how do you deal with it now when you run into it, kind of taking from the lessons that you have learned as you've gone through your career? Is it as, mm-hmm. you know, is it as big of a fall maybe, I guess you could say, you know, when there is a failure or are you able to kind of get a handle on it and say, okay, this is what happened. Let's reassess. So I don't know. Could you talk about that a little bit more? Because obviously you go through a lot as you're learning from stage to stage to stage. So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, obviously I think my first lessons in failure were through dance, mm-hmm. you know, I'll never forget my first audition for the national ballet school. Uh, didn't get it. I must've bawled the entire day, mm-hmm. the entire day. Cause for me, that was, I was like, this is it. This is it. it. This yeah. is it. You Life know, is my over. Is over. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I remember my mom just, you know, she just took me aside and you know, I think it just hit harder because a few of my friends had made it. And so mm-hmm. she's like, you know what, honey, there's always other opportunities, but that was, that was, my first real experience with failure. But then the following summer, I tried out for the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. And I just remember being like, okay, you didn't get into the national. You might not get in this time, mm-hmm. but try your best, learn from it. And if you don't get in, you'll, you'll, you'll be stronger for it. Yeah. I got in and it was just that feeling of like, thank God I kept going. Thank yeah. God I carried on. And you know what? And I learned from that first audition again, learning from my mistakes. Okay. Here's what I can improve on. I had to get more flexible. Mm -hmm. I had to work on my technique. And so, you know, I worked hard for a year and I just think like everything failure makes you so much stronger. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then it went to university. Uh, I'm a perfectionist and I remember taking a cellular molecular microbial biology course. And (laughs) that 10 times fast, (laughs) three times fast, even for that matter. (laughs) And I just could not get it for the life of me. And I was bombing it. And again, came home, was super upset and I had to make that hard choice. And I, I had to withdraw from the course. And Mm -hmm. for me, Kelly at the time, it was like admitting defeat. Yeah, That was huge for Mm -hmm. me. And that was a hard hard pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. But again, I remember thinking I'd rather see a W on my transcript than a big fat F. Yeah. And it was a moment of truth. And I'd say that was a big moment also when I had to look at my career, Mm -hmm. I was burning out. I was feeling defeated and it was my parents who were like, you know, Jen, learn from this, keep going, take a year of options, Mm -hmm. regroup and finish this degree Mm -hmm. because you've put in all this time. You're so close. For sure. And you know, and again, it was just that pick yourself back up, keep going, 
I'm so glad I finished my degree. You know, am I using it today? No, but a degree is a degree. It teaches you other things, right? It teaches you to learn. It teaches you to keep going. Completely. No matter what kind of program you're in, whether it's a certificate, a university degree, an apprenticeship, there's so much you can learn from just getting through. Just getting through, right? And so I think those were two, you know, from a young age to university. And I would say, you know, I'm still day to day dealing with failure, but does it affect me as much? Uh, Absolutely not. You Mm -hmm. know, like, for instance, I'm just, I've just gotten into acting in this past year. And, Mm -hmm. you know, luckily I went to my first audition. I got it. I was like, this could be a breeze. Yeah. Kelly, the amount of auditions I've done since then and (laughs) haven't got, you know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, but are those failures? No, I look at each audition as practice for the next one. Mm -hmm. So if you don't get it, you just, you know, you laugh. I'm like, I'm a mom of two Mm-hmm. And forty years old. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, just brush. I've it got off lots going on. Going. Yeah, I've got lots going on. <laughs> and I think failure, at, especially at this stage in my life, it's just that much easier. I don't even know if I would call it failure at this point in life. I would just call it as you know, different obstacles and getting through them and keep keep on trucking, right? Yeah, I would think it's even a success. Like I don't think most people at forty years old would think that they were going to enter the acting world. Right. So I would I say that. <laughs> that that's, that's success. Like that's, Aww. that's trying new things. I think sometimes yeah. as we get older, we think we can't, Oh, I'm too old for this or, Oh, that passed me by, or, Oh, I missed this opportunity to do this. Yeah. It's not true. Right. Like, but we tell I, ourselves that cause it just doesn't seem like many other people are doing it. So can I do this? Of course. Yes. I, I just had this talk yesterday with a girlfriend. We were out for a walk and she's, you know, debating on going to take some, um, to do her master's. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but I don't know. And I'm like, you know what though? Like, I just feel like at this point in our life, mm-hmm. would you, wouldn't you rather do it, fail and go, okay, I gave it a try. But imagine that. What if for yeah. the rest of your life, like, mm-hmm. what if I had just taken that chance? That to me is something that's so much harder to live with mm-hmm. than a fail. A hundred percent, you know, and that's one thing, again, back to the pandemic, what it's taught us is what are you waiting for? Yeah. You know, what are you waiting for? Do it now. Yeah. So the realities of life, especially, you know, being a mom of two youngish boys and just the way that life goes sometimes, have there been times when you've kind of stepped back a little bit from kind of going full force into your career or any other endeavor and kind of how did that make you feel? And when did you know it was time to go back? Yeah. So I definitely took a full year off for each boy, um, a full year mat leave. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went back Mm part-time in between after I had steel, but it was just important to me because I just felt like, you know, work will always be there. Mm -hmm. These childhood days will not be, and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have any regrets. And I absolutely stepped away completely from producing, directing, and writing. Because like I said before, Kelly, it's just, you know, a script is never done. Yeah, You can constantly tweak. You can constantly rework it. I'd be Mm -hmm. up till two or three in the morning. And when I tell you, when you're getting up for a night feed, that is not. (laughs) You're never sleeping. You're never sleeping. (laughs) You're just taking some some naps. (laughs) Some naps when it's dark out. (laughs) That's exactly it. And I was like, this isn't, it just wasn't worth it. And I wasn't enjoying it. It became it became a grind. And so I gave that up completely to focus on the kids. Mm -hmm. I still kept with the on air, Mm -hmm. even when I was working part-time, just because that's something that you can go, you can shoot it, you're done and you leave it there. You're not bringing it home. Your mind's not racing at night. Mm -hmm. And so to be honest, I put a lot, almost all of it on hold, except for the on air work. I did a little bit of voice work in between. And I wouldn't say it's until this, I would say it's not until this past year Mm -hmm. that I've dove right back into the producing, the directing and the writing again. So I am I'm back at it, baby. Awesome. And I'm, I'm loving it. And, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, 
but yeah. you know, now that both boys are in full-time school and I've got the time, it feels good. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize actually how much I missed it yeah. until I'm going back at it. So yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's awesome. And what would you say to someone who's struggling with taking the next step, whether it's, you know, whether there's a obstacle, if it's fear or even getting started for that matter. Sometimes that's even the hardest part. Like I know for me personally too, especially after doing a mat leave, we had a big move across the country. We kind of like resettle our life. Yep. And sometimes when you take a time out, it's, it's hard to get, it's hard to get started. Figure oh, out, big time. you know, get your confidence back. How do you, you know, so what, do you have any words of wisdom for anybody who was looking for that next step or even the first step? Yeah. You know, I think, um, I, even just this past year, there's been so many firsts that mm-hmm. I was unsure of. I was struggling with, do I take this? Do I not? You know, even if it's just like the online webinars to the first acting audition, but it's my husband who gave me the best advice. He's like, honey, fake it till you make it. Yeah. He's like, nobody knows if you're an expert or not. Mm-hmm. And he's like, own it, just own it. Go in there with confidence, go in there and act like you know what you're doing. And if you have a few blunders along the way, you deal with it. But mm-hmm that's been some of the best advice I could have ever got because I just think if you give yourself that confidence, people around you are going to, you just exude it. Yes. And so, uh, I would say with the TV gigs, um, even this past little bit, the families got into modeling as well. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, Oh, I just don't see us going that route. But again, I was like, what do, what do you have to lose? Yeah. What do you have to lose is the other advice, you know, just go for it. And if you don't like, you can always stop. There's nothing to say you have to stick with what you're doing. If you're not enjoying it, yes, you can stop, but to not go for it or take that chance or always have those what ifs. Mm-hmm. I just think that is so much harder to, to live with. So I guess my advice would just be, you know, life is too short. Yeah. Take what we've all learned this past year and don't mm-hmm. put anything on hold. Yeah. Um, you, we, you and I had this exact same conversation, Kelly, about even just this podcast. hundred percent. Like, what do I want to do in life? And we talked it out yeah. and you just said, you know what? I think we all set back this past year and we're like, am I enjoying what am I, what I'm yeah. doing? Do I love what I do. We all had those hard conversations. And so I think the moral of it is just, you have to go for it because mm-hmm. why not? Why not? It's so true. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And mm-hmm. I like to talk. So I was like, well, let's uh, let's find something to do where I can talk to people I like all the time. Like, what could be better than that? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Your passion project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously your days are busy, Jenny. They're very full. Um, do you have any routines that you find super helpful, whether it's with respect to time management, self-care? making space for your passions, whether that's work or outside of work, what do you, what do you find helps you stay on track? I'm so excited. (laughs) I've got a few. I've got a few. So the first one is, um, I obviously with technology, um, before I go to bed, it's putting my phone on silent, putting it face down. So I can't see it light up every time Mm -hmm. there's a notification. I put on my sage diffuser. Yes. Love sage. Say, I know, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, reading before bed is mm-hmm. something I have to do every night just to turn my brain off. I love to write, you immerse yourself in a good book. Yeah. It brings you into another world. You go to bed without the thoughts of work or whatever stresses you had in the day. Mm-hmm. That to me is so key. Um, another bedtime routine is my husband and I, we love white noise. So we'll always either put on spa music yeah. or um, thunderstorms, believe it or not. I just oh, love the I sound love of rain. And yeah. yeah. So it's been thunderstorms and rain for the last few weeks and 
just the white noise, it just kind of helps me calm and mm-hmm. settle and just fall asleep yes. instantly. And as you know, going for walks, which we've done yeah, plenty yeah, we've of done- over the pandemic. <laughs> We're all like professional walkers now. I think we've we probably, are. we've all like seen different parts of the city we never were at before. We've hit every to-go coffee shop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's such for me, the, the fresh air, yes. the vitamin D, if I'm on my own, listening to some good music. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it's for me, it's exercise, it's meditation all at once. And like, it's also social hour. You meet up with totally. a great girlfriend, you go for a walk. It's those actually just, and I, it's funny, I, this past year and actually the past little while, I've gotten better at taking that time for myself. Just mm-hmm. yesterday I had an insanely, insanely busy day. I was about to text my girlfriend and cancel our walk. And then I was like, you know what? This is what you have to get better at. Take this time, take this hour. I went for that walk it, I came back so refreshed. I talked it out with her my day. Yeah. She gave me some great advice. And I'm like, you know what? You've got to remind yourself, Jen, that no matter how busy your day is, if you don't take that time to reset, regroup, yeah. you're, you're going to sit at that computer and more flustered. Totally. Probably not get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I've gotten a lot better at taking that time for myself when in the past I wouldn't have, I would have been like, yeah. no, I'm too busy. Can't yes. walk. Um, this sounds super cheesy, but my husband and I, we have our Friday night date nights yeah. and we try to set them aside. And it's after a busy week, especially working from home, we're both at home, mm-hmm. but you're home, but you're not. You know uh, what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. We see each other in passing. And so we find our Friday night, we call it our little reset night, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's just ordering in sushi, watching mm-hmm. a movie, having a hot tub, mm-hmm. reconnecting. And I swear we sit on that couch, we put the kids to bed have that first sip of wine. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, you can just feel the shoulders relax. Yeah. You reconnect after a busy week. And I just feel like it's the perfect way to kick off a weekend. You know, I wake it up is. Saturday morning and I just feel like, okay, we got this. Yeah. We got this together, you know, and that has become our little ritual. And it's just, I live for those nights yeah. with him and our little, our little reset. And I've gotten a lot better taking baths. Mm. That's I, I was never a bath person, but I'm like, yeah. you know, a little Epsom salt with my oh, bad yeah. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, we're not getting yeah. any younger. And all of a sudden, Epsom nope. salts, I was like, I love <laughs> me some Epsom salts right now. <laughs> I know, some Epsom salts, some candles, some yeah. music. Uh, that's become, a, like, I try to have a bath, but once a week, again, mm-hmm. just to just to kind of zen out. Yes. And it all those things just kind of help you appreciate and, you know, let the bad days brush off and appreciate the good days. Yeah. And we can't do, you know, a lot of people prior to the pandemic, a lot of that relaxation and kind of resetting was, it was vacation. You know, people were like, I need to vacate my life to physically get away from all of these things that are, you know, whether it's in your view or, you know, whether you're like, okay, I've, I've set my email to out of office or whatever it is. Nobody can really do that right now. But I think Mm -hmm. it's also teaching us a lot about maybe the lives we're living, like is really the only way for us to reset is to completely remove ourselves from our surroundings. And don't get me wrong, like a change of scenery is always great. And I love to travel or have new experiences. And that's, that makes me part of me. And I, and I'm not putting, you know, saying that that's not important, but I think it's bringing to light that it's these small things. Like we don't have to get on a plane we don't have to have some major distraction. We have to have better practices for ourselves 100%, 100%, to, keep us, it's funny. to keep us, you know, more balanced throughout the day and during times when we can't have access to some of those other things. You know that you put that perfectly because I feel like 
the work-life balance has become something that's a lot more important to people. Mm-hmm. I think now more than yes. ever, just with this past year. And it's funny because like you said, we're not traveling anywhere. I don't, I didn't think I'd ever appreciate the drive to the ski hill. Yeah, than, I know, but it's nice. Like, but it's a two hour time to just appreciate. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never appreciated where we live so much. Like yes. the view, the kids in the back reading a book. Yeah. We, we've never, I've never taken that in more than I have now. And mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, just getting out to the mountains, you just, the simple things are yes. such a treat these days. And mm-hmm. it's just that taking a moment to pause. Mm-hmm. And that's what these little self-care things do. You just take that moment to pause. Yeah. And, you know, the big trips will come eventually, but for now, let's just enjoy the little things. A hundred percent. Yeah. So since you're a big reader and obviously podcast listener, show watcher, movie watcher, do you have any favorites that you've come across in the last little bit? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. So for us, this is, have you, have you seen This Is Us? Yes. TV show? Oh, okay. <laughs> have so, I seen it? Have, have I, you seen have it? I cried <laughs> my mascara off watching it once or twice? Maybe. Yes. Maybe exactly. I have. And again, that is a show that my husband and I, we cry, we either cry, <laughs> laugh, or yeah. it sparks a conversation 100%. every single episode. There's an episode, every single episode, there's something that totally hits me hard mm-hmm. or rings true to our family. And mm-hmm. I just feel like that show, if we're having, you know, a week or maybe a bit too short with the kids or mm-hmm. I'm stressed out at work, it just reminds me it, and it keeps me grounded to be like, oh my God, family is everything. And mm-hmm. I, I'll literally turn off the TV and look at my husband and just like, oh, I love you and I love the kids. And you just have these moments. <laughs> that show is just so good at making you yeah. appreciate mm-hmm. family. So This Is Us is probably my number one. Yeah. We, we watch it religiously. Also, for a good laugh, we're huge SNL fans. Oh, Saturday yeah. Night Live is our it's our jam. We've been watching it for <laughs> since the whole time we've known each other for 20 years now. And it's yeah. on our bucket list to finally get to a show in New York. Um, so SNL would be one of our favorite shows as well. It's just, again, it's just to escape reality, have some yep. good laughs. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's, it's our vice. Never uh, underestimate the power of laughter, right? No, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And then um, books. Uh, you know what? I just, let me think about this one because I've read so many lately, especially over the pandemic. But do I have a favorite one? Um, I know there's been so, it's it's funny. I feel like all of a sudden it's like, oh, I realized that, like, I'm like, the library's closed. I could really use the yeah. library, <laughs> right? You know, you know it's, I, I'm a huge, I love fiction. Um, mm-hmm. I would say Big Little Lies is one of the favorite, oh, favorite that was ones a good I've one. lately. Yeah, you know what? I loved it. I just think, um, you know, as a mom, I think a lot of us laughed at how many parallels. Oh, there were. <laughs> you know? there, there were. were a You're lot like, of I know that person at the school. <laughs> I know that person at the school. And everybody exactly. knows someone who's like one of those characters, right? Exactly. So yeah. I think it kind of was like almost like the sex in the city for moms. Totally. You know, yeah. and I just, I think we all related to a character in that show. So it was a mm-hmm. great read. I loved watching the show after. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'd say those were my, those are my picks for the time being. Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, Jenny, um, thank you so much for being on today. That was a great conversation. I love, um, you know, your positivity, your bubbliness, and um, you're always just, you know, keeping it real. And, you know, you just bring, you just bring, you just bring sunshine to everything you do. So I can't wait to see more of you out and about doing all of your projects. And, um, I can't wait to see what comes of all of them. So, so thank you for coming on. Oh, it was such an honor to be here with you today. And I just, 
I love our walks and the fact yes. that now we can do this. This is just icing on the cake. And I just have to say it again. I'm so proud of you for making this happen and oh, thanks, for going man. after it because you're you're killing it. Oh, well, that means a lot coming from you and uh, your support to get me here. You gave me some tech advice, you know, equipment <laughs> advice. And and I'm definitely going to hit you up for tips, some more tips after we, now that we've recorded just to, as you said, keep learning, growing, finding out more and learning what you can do more about what you love to do. So. Yes, Anyways. camaraderie, helping each other out. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. Yes. Well, I loved having you on, and uh, I know you've got lots of things to do today, so I'll let you get going. But uh, well, just to close out, yeah. Yay. <laughs> the power of connected conversation never ceases to amaze me. Time is precious, so thank you for tuning in. Visit the Parlay website for notes from today's conversation and where you can connect with Jenny. Join me on the next episode of Parlay as we continue to journey on with inspiring individuals and learn invaluable lessons for betting on yourself. Stay well, everyone. Mm -hmm.